Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Folk Podcast. We're officially collecting social security checks because we're 70 episodes old. Look at that, guys. We've made it so very far. Um, it's snowing out here. I mean, there's it's snowing here in Kentucky. I think it's snowing down in Tennessee. And Ian, you're just laughing at us because, you know, one inch of snow is basically a warm summer's day for you up in Minnesota. Yeah, well, we're getting, I mean, it, we had a blizzard earlier this week and right now, uh it's just blowing cell around because it's windy so you know good times well the reason i brought up the snow is because that is actually kind of the topic for today's episode so one thing that i've noticed being a social media influencer youtuber whatever for norse paganism is noticing the trends of popularity of when things become more popular obviously when something releases like assassin's creed valhalla or the vikings tv show or something along those lines of course the popularity goes up but something i've also noticed is the popularity in the searches for norse paganism and you know northern heathen viking related topics always goes up in winter and so that's kind of what i want to talk about today have a nice conversation about why heathenry norse paganism whatever you call it has become more popular in the last 20 years so Gentlemen, any, uh, you know, beginning thoughts of why this faith has become so popular um, and seems to be continuing to grow in popularity? Well, I mean, we, we did an episode way back now, it feels like, about it with kind of like what you said with like Assassin's Creed Valhalla and and uh, the Vikings TV show. There's the growing popularity with media regarding just that entire aspect of it. Um, you know, obviously... Vikings is a six series, a six season show. So, you know, that's roughly about five years worth of, of television that was put out. And then the games, you know, with like Assassin's Creed and then God of War um, and a few other like minor things, um, you know, come out every so often. So I feel like that's definitely helped in the more like within the last 10 years, I would say. Um, is a lot of the media influence that we've you know seen quite recently and have are most are most likely going to continue to see it feels like yeah, i was thinking right along the same lines i can't think of anything that came up in like the early 2000s that would have been like a, a pop culture or popular media uh beowulf um, came out in like 2005 i think it was okay well that that could have definitely had a hand in it for sure then um but yeah, I feel like it's a lot of that is what like gets people interested in it because I know we've had, I mean, even now we still have all kinds of people to get into it because of the Viking show. And then uh, what's it called? The Last Kingdom and things like that. And we and are like, especially AC. Right. Well, I mean, we're one month away from the new season, new series of Vikings coming out. So that'll be interesting. Oh, I decided to just keep hearing the winter is coming in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's 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 very interesting, and you know, obviously, me being very tied into social media and my my campaign and war and crusade against social media. Um, there seems this is a hard topic because I don't like TikTok at all. I'm very against TikTok, uh, but the popularity of everything has just skyrocketed because TikTok has spread information so fast. Uh, but my main critique is the quality of information and the quality of you know the, the foundation that's giving people is not a strong one. So I'm very critical of TikTok for that reason, because I don't think people are getting a solid enough foundation in these 60 second videos um, to build spiritual practices off of. Yeah, I agree. I think honestly, personally, like TikTok is a plague on the planet. Um, and and it kind of 
going on those lines of, uh, you know, the information and like the foundation of what they do isn't solid. I mean, I, I think like a lot of it, most people like come across, I'm mean, seeing these is people doing these, these TikTok skits to uh, the song, uh, My Mother Told Me, you know, and that was like, for a while, that was a very popular thing. And people would like do these things where they would be like in normal clothing and all of a sudden it would like cut to a different, right. uh, you know, shot and they're like all, you know, face paint oh. and, and shit and whatnot. Yeah, all you know the what fucking I mean? shield maidens. And yeah, ex- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're berserk, your dudes and gross out your nonsense. But like, you know, so that definitely, you know, I feel like with TikTok, obviously it was a very popular trend. I feel like ever time. And I bet you that to some degree, people were like, oh, what's the song? And, you know, naturally they start diving into it. But maybe yeah. i don't know if tiktok is maybe. necessarily the platform where people are like i want to learn more about this or that's they just very want true trend. i remember yeah, early like point. early on whenever i was a big and like before i found the youtube and everything like this back august of 2019 um the only things i found were the facebook things and then i found a dude that was some either somewhere in tennessee or northern georgia and nobody that i've seen or heard anything from since um but was yeah, i learned some things from him because he did stuff on tiktok but I just don't like, I didn't like the app. I'd got to try to look at his stuff. The next thing would be some girl shaking her ass or something like that. Like this. Oh, I'm just that, trying to find well, that's what the algorithm thinks you're going to like, Caleb. Oh, I know. Like Instagram is horrible for that. <laughs> like, dude, anytime, anytime one of those, like the, the Valkyries or the shield name things pop up, quote unquote, it's just always like, I just go and like, I'm not interested. Cause like, I'm just trying to keep an eye on cool shit. So one of my weird theories, um, I talked about this in one of my lesser watched videos. It's still out there, though, which was a history of Renaissance fairs and why Renaissance fairs are kind of like an interesting meeting spot for people in paganism, because obviously you have the LARPing aspect, but there's usually people there that are actually into the faith as well. Um, And so one of the things I think it's my theory, I don't necessarily have mountains of evidence to back this up, but I think it's a strong theory is that you had a lot of soldiers coming back from World War II, um, you know, in the European front, you know, front, uh, getting more interested in like their heritage. Um, And that's why we saw Renaissance festivals become very popular in the 1950s and the 60s. They really didn't exist before this uh, point in time. And all of a sudden, you know, all these soldiers that went there, saw Germany, uh, you know, saw England, or, you know, basically just saw the old country for the first time since their ancestors came to the United States, you know, all of a sudden they're like, huh, that's kind of cool. I want to learn more. And they got into medieval history. They got into swords and shields. And this is also when you start things, seeing things like D&D popped up in the 60s and 70s. And this idea of fantasy really started coming alive. And of course, Lord of the Rings was written before this. Uh, but I would also argue uh, this is when Lord of the Rings really started picking up a popularity as people wanted to connect more to fantasy subjects. Um, and so I think one of the things uh, that inspired people to start going back to Norse paganism is that same thing, especially here in the United States, is they w- the soldiers went to Germany, they went to, you know, these old countries, and they felt something. And then I think a lot of them kind of brought that back with them, that old magic, um, and that question of what came before. Uh, again, just a theory, but it, it is right around this time we start seeing people get interested in the faith again, uh, at least here in the States. Yeah, wasn't it like the 1970s when the, um, the covens, like the, the first Wiccan coven became classified as a church? Well, yeah, we know that because 80s? of our nonprofit stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just clarifying. It, it, it is good. It. All um, right, yeah. And something else I was thinking, just like to give, like, just give more credence to the whole thing of like even Lord of the Rings being a big influence into it. I mean, like, it was, wasn't the first animated movie of it, like in 1978 or something like oh, that? I can't remember. Um, it was in the 70s I believe or the it 80s. Was, 
Yeah, I actually I have a copy, a, a physical Blu-ray copy. It's, it was The Hobbit first. It was 78, I believe. If I'm yep, not, 78. I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, that's, uh, that's awesome, that. especially for that. like a fantasy thing that was written about all, you know, that had all the like, that had like the pagan sort of elements to it. Because, you know, we all know that he based it off of Norse paganism. That's where he got the idea for the runes and the language and all that. Yeah. Um, and so like kind of what I was going to bring up there is that was like the first interest point. We see interest all of a sudden peak up and then it kind of did its own thing for a long time. You know, it got complicated, got less complicated. People did it. People didn't do it. Um, you know, you had the whole hippie thing like hippies and Norse pagans and and Wiccans started interacting a lot more. Um, and then you really don't see it in, in my history knowledge of the faith. See it get popular again until the face Facebook really became a thing. Um, and I think this is when all of a sudden it became a lot easier to find other Norse pagans. You create a Facebook group and all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, a Facebook group of Norse pagans. And this is, you know, we still see this today. A lot of these Facebook groups have been around for over a decade now um, that were started, you know, basically to find other Norse pagans. Um, and then I would say the next big thing was definitely the Vikings TV show. Definitely was the next big push of people being able, at least a new interest in the faith for sure. Yeah, and I think a lot, a lot of it too, to some degree, was um, uh, you know, music, music for sure. I think also had a big oh, yeah. influence because you know, like uh, just doing. I did some research just like on Fawn, for example, and they've been around for a lot longer than I anticipated. It's like this uh, since like the nineties, early two thousands, right? Yeah, I think it was ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, they're older than Mordruna then. Like yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that Mordruna had been around since like two thousand two or two thousand three. Yeah, they've been around a while. Yeah. A few months ago. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, that's like kind of like with the Facebook groups, like some of these have been around for a long time, a lot longer than we, you know, I think we, we realize or give credit for, you know, like I kind of, you know, I've only been listening to like Fawn for maybe like the past two years. And it was actually because of their new album that's coming out here in April that I was kind of like, I decided to do a little bit of digging and research on them. And yeah, sure enough, you know, I find out that they've been around for, you know, almost as long as I've been alive, which I was just like, that's interesting. You know, so it's like, it, it, I feel like it was probably a much more niche and like, you know, uh, a very small group of people, I'm sure at the time that were probably listening to them. But I mean, you know, obviously now, I mean, I've, I'm sure most people like say in the discord community or just in the community as a whole, if you're like, Hey, if you, you know who Fawn is, I bet you they would. Oh, I would say if Fawn's in the Holy Trinity of, you know, Norse pagan music, yeah. like most people, like, yeah. know, you know, Fawn, Wardruna and probably. I would say High Long. Yeah. High Long definitely is would... is in that top tier. Uh, maybe Danaheim yeah. is pretty high up there. Danaheim, yeah. 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 So, like, I, I feel like music, too, over the, you know, obviously, like I was saying, like, some of these groups have been around for a lot longer than we, I think, that we realize. And now, you know, with, you know, popularity with, with social media and with just media in general, a lot of them are kind of popping into you know, popping out and becoming a lot more popular, a lot more recognized and, and whatnot. Like a guy that I used to work with when I was stationed in New Mexico, listened to Highline Kishner, but he was into the music, you know, so reaching other people besides just, you know, Norse practicing like Norse pagans and stuff like that, which is honestly kind of funny to me sometimes. So like it's, it's getting around. Yeah. Well, I've got a friend at work that's been listening for a couple of years. Um, and, I blew his mind whenever I was telling him like the actual meanings of the songs and he'd actually felt the things I was telling him. He just didn't know it because he didn't know the language. 
Sorry, well, that was good. That, no, that's good. That's actually what I was going to bring up is it's not just the fact that this music is good. It's not just that it's entertaining. It's the fact that it makes you feel something. Oh, yeah. Like, because I know, like, I've talked to you, Jacob, you know, about it, like with, with Neatland, you know, they're, you know, a newer, newer, like, uh, I mean, they've been around for a decent amount of time, too. But they get their, their, their popularity is definitely increasing over the past year. Um, it seems and yeah like I, you know listening to that is just for me is it's you know you feel something for this couple of their songs that like i listen to and i'm just like yep i'm, I'm in it i'm feeling it you know <laughs> same thing with you know highlander you know warden etc and it's yeah i i yeah it's that, that feeling of something that definitely helps with kind of driving people to look into it more because they're like oh this is i i feel something i need to you know dig start like dig a little deeper into this Right. Well, and, you know, I, I want to make an argument here. You know, I feel like as Norse pagans, we have to be overly critical of the Vikings TV show because we're like, we're not like them. We try to drive that hard wedge like, no, 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 we're not just LARPers. We're not just trying to be Vikings like we're, we're into it now. Uh, but in all honesty, the reason so many people get into this faith today is because that opening scene when Ragnar sees Odin makes you feel something. And I'll be the first to admit it that when I saw that scene, I was like, holy fuck. You know, and then soon as I got to like, you know, the Uppsala scene where they showed like the actual religious practices, uh, or at least their interpretation of it, it was holy fuck once again. And, you know, so I, I can't deny that when I watched some of those scenes in the Viking TV show, it didn't make me feel some sort of way and you know, make it feel like a deeper connection to feel that call of the North. Well, I was getting ready to say, like when we, whenever you brought up this topic earlier, I remember watching that first episode when it came out and when the show came out, 2012, 2013. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. I think it's twenty. I know it was like it was like right about there. It was like I know it was in high school, either a, a freshman or a sophomore. But I remember seeing that and I remember it stirring things up in me. And I was like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> but I, I just suppressed it and I just didn't. I knew a Norse pagan when I was in high school and I wanted to talk to him about it, but I just didn't. Because I didn't want to seem like I was weird or anything. I was already a weird kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Huh? And I, I've I kicked myself in the ass over that for a couple of years because I was like, man, I could have been into this so much earlier if I just talked to him. <laughs> Wasn't faded, my man. <laughs> I know it. I know it. I was supposed to meet y'all. <laughs> y'all. Well, it's like, <laughs> well, that's like, even, you know, like currently with, say, like more, more up to date things like The Witcher, for example, is all heavily based around Slavic you know folklore and around that you know that area and um you know i definitely feel like that is probably going to bring to some degree you know another like another wave to some extent like even you know i'm currently like replaying the witcher 3 and you know I, there's some scenes in that in that game that just it's just so heavily heavily like you know obviously pagan influence to some degree you know if, if one in particular that stands out is when you like have your first interaction with the ladies of the water, the three witches, and like this whole, basically the scene of this woman essentially going into a trance to communicate to these, you know, these three crones. It was just, 
it, oh, like watching it and I was just like observing it from like a ritualistic like perspective I was just like holy shit this is nuts like yeah you know I was like I was getting excited about it I was just like oh well and, 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 and maybe that's it you know Caleb back when you got interested into it and you knew that Norse pagan it was more taboo back then and now mm-hmm. the stigma around paganism is really quickly fading away um, and I would say the stigma, I mean, in, in certain areas, I'm sure it's much harder um, than others. But like, I would say like in the, the global scale, uh, paganism is coming back. And, oh, yeah. you know, like I just watched like Eternals last night. Uh, I have mixed feelings about that movie. Uh, it is both horrible, horrible, but also like moments of I get it. And there's a good movie there. That's all. That's why I'll say in my review of it. But there's a scene in there. Uh, where they're trying to connect, uh, communicate with, uh, I forget the name of it, but basically this uh, celestial being that like commands the Eternals and tells them what to do. Um, and they're having trouble connecting. And like one of the things that like a character saying, like, I just can't reach out to him. I can't connect, even though it's technology that does it. And uh, another character is just like, well, it's not, they're not having trouble communicating with you. You're having trouble clearing your mind to hear them. And so they go out next to this tree. They like go into a meditative pose and this tree has like a bunch of bones around it and stuff. And someone had made it in like a ritualistic way. And then they sat down and meditated next to this tree to connect to this like celestial being. And again, not Norse pagan by any means, but this, this interaction in itself is not a Christian interaction by any means, not monotheistic. It's a very, it seems very steeped in pagan in origin. I had a thing like that the other day with, um, I don't know if either of y'all have ever listened to gorillas. Um, they're a band I get in, I get into sometimes. I really like, I enjoy it when I'm working just cause you can just, you know, bop the hell along. Shaka, just... <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, it was the, uh, the Clint Eastwood song where, uh, the, I think it was like one of the, one of the gang members that Russell used to like hang around with, like possesses his body. And he was talking about how, uh, you can see me now because you don't see with your eyes, you perceive with your mind. And I just stopped in the middle of it. Cause I just had this like, uh, revelation. And I was like, that's a good way to describe how everything is when it comes to paganism and spirits in general, because you can't physically see them. At least most people don't, but you can, you know, you feel them and you you can see them in your head. And it was like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. It's opening up like that third eye per se to be aware of all the things. First off, I'm offended that you even questioned if I knew who the grills was. <laughs> well, I didn't know if y'all listening to listen to that stuff. Oh, I... I'm also slightly yeah. offended. I feel uh, like the gorillas are fairly well, mainstream I mean, at this point. Well, I mean, you listen. Well, I mean, like they weren't they weren't here at, at by any means for a long time. Um, so that's well, why you guys I'm were still listening to gospel and bluegrass down there. I, I ain't <laughs> listening to gospel <laughs> down here. So. <laughs> I do like some bluegrass though. <laughs> uh, but no, that that is a good point though. Like I never really thought about that. Like until you like said it, because usually when I listen to that song, I know exactly what part you're talking about, exactly what song you're talking about. Um, Damn. <clears throat> I never, I, yeah, like thinking about like that does fit perfectly of, you know, there's a lot of things, there's more things that we perceive with our minds now as like, once, like as a pagan, once you get into it and like, you really start to understand like your way of practicing, you know, because everybody's is going to be different to some degree, but, you know, everybody can relate to some notion of feeling things more with your mind and, you know, your other senses other than just sight. Seeing through that veil, yeah, but yeah, essentially, yeah, 
Well, I was just adding a blurb into uh, the website here. Um, and for anyone wondering, uh, as the time you're listening to this episode, we should be hopefully announcing it this coming Wednesday um, as far as like the website and everything around it. So please make sure you stay tuned for that. I'll release it on the Wisdom Foden YouTube channel. We're really excited. A lot of work's been put into this. Um, basically, the nonprofit is almost 100% done, um, and this is the next step for us. Uh, so really excited. I hope you stay tuned for that. But I was writing something in uh, about like the about section about why we venerate the spirits of the land and stuff like that. Um, and I wrote something in there that I honestly haven't thought about really in, in any form of depth. And it's like ghost, like ghost hunting and people, you know, being spooked by ghost. It's like this is like a universal phenomenon. You know, there's ghost stories all around the world. And, you know, whether you believe in them or not, you know, it's very interesting that no matter how far civilization has gotten from their pagan roots it didn't stop these superstitious beliefs and spirits that interact with us from going away that's actually a really solid point because you know what what people would consider a ghost could be an actual like you know like a land fatir or you know a landscape or just a multitude of things but you know the universal term of just calling it a ghost you know is a lot more widely understandable so i mean yeah like it's it's just one of those things that like it's just it's an easy it's an easy blanket term to use on the supernatural or the spiritual in some sense and yeah a lot of people you know i feel like there's a lot of people that believe in ghosts to some degree you know what i mean or believe in in a spiritual like presence and things which deep down is as you know to some degree you know whatever it could be anything you know what i mean like i said <clears throat> Yeah, I know um, this will be me talking about uh, my great aunt dying like two episodes in a row now. But, uh, well, I know, but it's- We recorded it, it back to back, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. But still, um, there was, I think it was the day before she died or maybe it was the day of that she died, like that morning or the night before. Um, so my great uncle, her her first husband died, or not, maybe not, no, not her first husband, the one that she had her, her kids with, um, getting things mixed up. But they saw him like on the front porch, like we're like the, of the house that she was dying in. Uh, uh, my, my cousin Holly saw him and then my cousin Valerie saw him and they just, they looked, they heard an audible knock at the door and then they looked out and they saw him there when I went to go open and he was fucking gone. And so that was like sending, like giving me all kinds of things. And they were just like, it was really weird. And I was like, well, I mean, he was, you know, he was doing his thing. He's trying to help lead her to the next life. And they're like, what do you mean by that? And they're like, you figured out how, how deep how in detail you mean to get <laughs> and i can't I remember to, Go ahead. oh sorry i was just saying i tried to um well you jacob you know like after when i found out i went out back to the uh the ancestral spot that i had set up at the uh, california gathering and i gave an offer to her um and i i felt stuff immediately from her this letting like she was letting me know that like she's okay she, she's happy where she is she's comfortable she's surrounded by people that she loves um, and I tried to tell them that, uh, I tried to, I told her kids that, um, and I tried to tell my Nana that, but in a way that didn't make it sound like I was insane because that's the first thing she's going to think of, but they all really appreciated it, That I guess that they just thought that I prayed or something like that. Um, or at least my Nana did, but yeah, I, I wanted to try to make sure that they knew that she was okay. Well, I remember the story. I don't know if I've ever shared this in a public way. I might have. I mean, we've done 70 episodes at this point, but I'll share it again. Uh, so when looking back, this is very early in my pagan journey is I was out for a hike and I decided to take a rest on the stump near a trail. 
and it was a pretty busy day out and about like there was a lot of people out in this trail and like an older woman i would say in her 50s or 60s stops by and um like sits down next to me just to rest and we start talking and again i'm sitting back here like you know in my 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 mind now i'm like this was a very suspicious interaction with a older woman that had some spiritual goodness for me <laughs> who also was like blonde at one point and had some Nordic features. And I'm like, Hmm, who was this? <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> uh, she was a retired park ranger and um, she worked in the, like in the forest for years. Like, you know, that's all she did her whole life. And she specified in uh, helping children and teaching children about the forest and things like that. Uh, but I can't remember, it was either a coworker or it was a close family member had died and she was struggling really hard with it. And she got the wild hair uh, while she was out at a ranger station. So she was completely alone at this ranger station. And she left out a meal for this person who had passed um, in remembrance of them because they were just feeling really lost. And they set it on a table in like, you know, like on the office or whatever. And after they had done it, like immediately afterwards, they heard a knock on the door. And so they went to the front of the building and opened the door, nobody there. And then when she went back, the plate was completely cleaned out. Like someone had just sit down and ate the entire meal. And she was telling me the story and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and so she's like, you know, I don't know. She, I think she said something along the lines of she doesn't have a, you know, a set spiritual path, but she's like, I believe in things like that. And I think that's a really powerful statement in itself. You know, you don't have to call it the ancestral veneration. You don't have to say you're a Norse pagan. But I do think that we all have this inherent connection to want to, you know, honor the people who came before us. No, I agree. Yeah. I, I agree entirely. Sorry, I was trying to get my words I out. I agree. What were you? Were you eating something there? Like your voice no, I was trying to, I agree. I was trying to, I was trying to spit. Because <laughs> I need my nicotine. <laughs> but one thing my family's always done when we have our big Thanksgiving um, is we always light candles for the people that uh, that have passed on. The, you know, the ones that can't be there anymore. Um, and we, in a way, it's very, it's really kind of ritualistic because I mean, there's a they pray, but they, they have this whole thing that they say and that they they that they light the candles and all before they they pray for the food and everything like that. And I guess I just never thought about it in that ritual aspect until now. But they like literally, it's it's almost ancestral veneration. If the only thing they have to do is just set out a plate of food for them. Right. Well, and the burning of a candle can be seen as a slight offering as well. I mean, the the Catholics mm. do that as well. Uh, you know, light a candle for me. You know, in remembrance of me, kind of stuff. So one thing I actually did want to uh, make sure we covered as well, because it was my overall thesis for having this episode, uh, was again the aspect of the cold weather, the weather changing, um, having something to do with the fact people getting that call of the north. I mean, I know personally, I have trouble uh, connecting to the gods in summer. I don't know if it's because of the heat um, or if it's just because, you know, the spiritual world is maybe a little less active that time of year. So I don't. I kind of want to get your guys' opinion on it. Is it that cold weather that just gets into our blood that we're like, it gives us that sense of the north? Or is it the fact that maybe there might be some stronger spiritual connections in the the darker times of the year? I I think it has a lot to do with just the stillness of winter, uh, or at least the colder months. Um, I mean, particularly for me here, I know after a, a decently heavy snowfall, um, you know, a lot of the animals, you know, are, are hibernating, they're staying where they're warm. So there's not really a lot of, of movement out in the world, especially when there, especially when there's no wind, which is pretty rare for around here. Sometimes it's pretty windy, almost not windy. I mean, 
the absolute just stillness is is something in and of itself of just how quiet the world can be and it kind of opens you up to everything else around you i feel like you can focus more is the best way of looking at it compared to where the warmer months you have you know animals like you know birds and squirrels and things constantly going all over the place and, and you know making noise and i feel like it's it's more difficult to focus on other things around you because there's so much going on but you know that that's i mean that's just for me it's like personally i feel like it's just just how still everything is kind of and like the the rest of the noise of the world kind of goes away and you can really just take everything in well i know we know from just the way that the energies and this around the especially the fog because we always have weird things that happen, you know all the spirits out in the woods and things like that and the way that you is that like the veil thins in a way and that's a lot there uh, things are a lot more prominent then um but i i have a lot of issues like trouble connecting with the aesir during the um, during the summer months and so that's why i moved to working with the bonnier primarily uh, when it's warm because it's easier for, for me to connect with them there or well, yeah, it's just it's those main elements, you know, again, like Balder, you know, I, I experienced Balder on extremely beautiful days, like those once in a lifetime, beautiful sunsets, those, you know, an amazingly beautiful clouds, when the lighting, everything just lines up right, that is when I feel Balder the most, and you get less days like that in the winter, you know, you don't get the days where the sun just absolutely mind boggles you how beautiful it is, and, the, you know, it doesn't hit the clouds the same way. Um, so I just think in our natural world, we experience the gods as their natural primal forces uh, differently. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Because I mean, and that's why I feel like a lot of people kind of shift and shift their focus on which deities and or, you know, spirits they, uh, they work with and focus on based off of seasons. I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit in the episode where we talked about like cycles and things like that. You know, like while during the winter, I primarily focus around working with, you know, Scotty and, and not so much. I haven't done anything personally with Uller, but I know a lot of people will because they are so uh, relatively similar as far as being, you know, God and goddesses of, of, you know, just survival and the hunt and things like that. I mean, obviously, Scotty being a winter goddess as well and a, a, a Jotun. Um, but, you know, and then springtime for me is definitely more of a, uh you know freya freya sort of vibe and that that birth and that fertility kind of thing i mean that's essentially what osara is essentially based around is, is a fertility holiday um you know so it's yeah i i feel like the seasons definitely have a huge impact and the cold primarily i think does too because yeah a lot of people that come from european you know uh ancestry and stuff like that especially more northern stuff I feel like it's just a, a sense of respect and understanding of what, you know, those who came before us potentially experienced and suffered through. Like I'm sitting in a nice warm house with, you know, watching the snow blow around, like, you know, just, just everywhere. The snow is blowing around, the trees are whipping around. And now I'm kind of like, well, as I'm looking out this window right now, looking at it, I was like, it would suck right now to be in a, basically a stone and thatch, potentially stone and thatch hovel, or just a wood, you know, with some clay cake around it kind of a thing with a thatch roof. Like, and the only warmth is animal furs and fires. It was just like, <laughs> mm, that sounds you good know, 
it sounds cozy to us yes but if it's like that's your daily life or every day for months and months and months through the winter like well we we kind of covered that a little bit in the episode uh you weren't able to join us on uh last week uh we were talking about uh how at the end of the day our lives aren't that bad like you know you got heat how lucky are you our ancestors didn't have that you have electricity how lucky are you our ancestors didn't have that you went to the grocery store to buy your groceries how lucky are you our ancestors had to grow it farm it or trade it you know how lucky are you for the life you live? I mean, again, this isn't a universal experience. Other people have hard lives and I don't deny that, but our overall like lifestyle as humans now is obscene. And uh, you know, we, we already talked about gratitude last time too. And that's kind of our year, my yearly focus. And I'm glad it's spreading to others. Um, but it is just crazy. Uh, you know, what our lives allow us to do now. Yeah, I can. I mean, that's the problem too. I think a lot of people take that for granted, you know, and I think that to some degree is why people kind of feel a little bit closer and connected to, um, you know, the old ways and their, you know, that, that ancestry or that ancestral line or whatever it may be during the winter months, because you go outside and you're like, you know, you kind of feel it. I feel like it's a very just primal thing when you step outside and you take like a breath in and you, that cold air rushes into your lungs and you see your breath and you like, you know, kind of huddle into your jacket a little bit tighter because, you know, it's cold and to stay warm because there's that chill down your, you know, in your body, that initial chill down your body. And I feel like it's just something that's so ingrained naturally just over the, the thousands of years that humans have been around, you know, that will probably never go away. Um, you know, I just, I don't know, I think it just does something to you. I think on a, on a very like deeply spiritual and slightly like genetic thing like it's just ingrained into who we are and i i know exactly what you're talking about especially being up in that area because i remember the moment that i got into wisconsin uh for the charming of the plow gathering and just the way that the the way that the snow was and how cold it was and yeah i had crazy ancestral vibes that entire time i was there and i like in a way it was almost like this weird withdrawal thing like whenever i left like i wanted to go back because i had like such a good connection there (laughs) i don't know i was like it feels like you know sometimes we're on a talk show so maybe we should be on a, like a talk show thing but why am i so much smaller than you guys this is because you are smaller than i'm not that much smaller than you guys <laughs> he's a hobbit no oh, there we go I'm, I'm a little bit bigger now now, now here's the real question who in the hell is gonna put my, my redneck ass on the freaking talk show <laughs> all right we're going to eat with sports how's the uh how's the, oh, the tossing of the logs tossing of the logs <laughs> uh, some highlander games right yeah. oh, i'm excited for some highlander games honestly i i just love how like co- like mock fighting's coming to gatherings with like the fa- uh, fake swords and stuff like that uh yep. it's only a matter of time before someone breaks a finger but it is kind of fun eh, whatever Here's i mean that, that, uh, that's what waivers are for liability waiver you break your thumb fighting with swords that's on you buddy (laughs) Uh, so Ian uh, give the the people a hot take since they haven't seen it yet Um, how do you like the website oh I yeah so the website is I like it I mean as obviously like kind of discussing earlier before we started this you know obviously there's not too much on it right now because we are just getting it started but I am I am excited to see 
how it gets like in the future. And with it, honestly, within the next like month to two months, I feel like it'll be, uh, I think it's going to be really exciting. I'm excited to see it. And it's set up really nicely. And yeah, like, I think it just looks, it's just pretty. I just keep looking at it. I'm yeah. like, dang, look at that. Yeah. Yeah, it's very clean. It's very crisp. Like it's set up. I yeah, it's. I, I was just pumped. Uh, oh, it's been annoying as shit to work on, dude. Oh, I, yeah, I heard. But kudos to the three so, of you. I think it's about the three of you, right? Yeah, Logan and Mary and I. Um, yeah. Are, you know, we have to teach everyone how to use this thing too, like how to like do the newsletters and stuff like that. Which in between the filming of this podcast and the, and the previous one, we actually. Uh, uh, I sat down and I figured out the newsletter thing. So I mean, Ian, you tested that out. So uh, I'm really excited to get that going. And I'm just excited for more people to be able to have access to the gatherings and things like that. Um, as we've kind of mentioned in the past, it's like, you know, it's we've always known it's not a perfect system and it's not the best uh, to have it, you know, Discord and Patreon only, but it's what the system, the best system that worked for us. And uh, we've been trying to, to get to the point where it wasn't relying on that. And we're getting to that point now. So very excited for that. Um, but getting back to the the topic at hand, I do want to, you know, I, I, I hadn't mentioned, I, I know Caleb said something about the thinning of the veil. Um, and I do think that there, a lot of this is an ancestral component. Um, you know, we see the Halloween time of year, the Day of the Dead, uh, you know, and all these holidays uh, globally that are focused this time of year on, uh, you know, remembrance of who came before. And so I think a lot of us in, in passively, the people that don't know what it's called, don't have a name for it. That time of year, they're feeling it and they don't know what to do with it. They're feeling this like this pool of, wow, there's something deeper. There's something that came before and I'm feeling it, but I can't put words to it. And I, I would describe, you know, as we mentioned, Vikings, Danheim and all these things, they're not creating the magic. They're opening you up to what it's called. Like it, you've always felt it, but now you can put a name to it or, or put a sensation to it. I mean, it's a really yeah, good way to put it. Yeah, I was gonna say the same. Like it's a, honestly a really solid way of putting it. Yeah, like Vi Vikings that... TV show didn't give me religion. It gave me the lens I needed to see it better. Yeah, or at least a step in the right direction. You know, that, that first step of the staircase paganism. <laughs> but well and then oh. i would say like high lung high lung is on a different level because they're actually creating it um and that's i think yeah. the big difference between them is they're the one of the first ones to step forward and say no we're actually going to create experiences rather than just assisting you in accessing them yeah because i mean they describe their performances as rituals not necessarily just performances you know i think rituals i yeah, know how oh, i feel oh, yeah um, are you, Ian, do we need to get our tickets for the Minneapolis show? We probably should do that, shouldn't we? I hate how you call it Minneapolis. It's Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Well, you, didn't you say Louisville? It. Fuck you. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Louisville. I don't know how to uh, pronounce it. Properly, Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. Louisville. Like it's like, oh. Oh. Minneapolis. Oh, my God. We'll, we'll work on it. We'll work it on it. Like you're saying, it almost sounds like you're trying to say Annapolis. Minapolis. Like yeah, where the naval school is. Minapolis. Fucking hell. Minapolis. We'll, we'll work on it. We'll Minapolis. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, yeah, dude, I'm this is the first excited. time I've looked outside in a while. There's like two or three inches outside now. I think we got one now. I'm bummed. I know Amanda finally got snow down in Georgia and she's hype. Oh, I saw that. Yep. 
Uh, yeah, especially for her. It's it, well, it's kind of an interesting kind of thing to touch on it, you know, since we're kind of talking about like the cold, you know, Amanda, as you know, when we had her on the podcast, what episode two? We've had <laughs> yeah, her on twice was, now. Yeah, we've had her on twice. twice. Yeah. We've done a lot of episodes, yeah. boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's primarily, you know, with her working with Scotty, you know, and who were, um, it's, I would, I mean, I found it relatively difficult when I was in Florida because that's primarily who I was, I was working with. So I kind of understand her pain a bit. Um, is, it's, it's difficult, you know, to some degree because when you're in that environment that encapsulates, Encapsulates, whatever. Yeah, words are hard. <laughs> English, English is overly complicated and stupid. Um, but yarp. yeah, when it yarp, yeah. But yeah, when you're in that environment that just screams whatever deity that you are working with, you know, you definitely feel a deeper connection and a much, you know, I think you find it easier to some degree. Um, you know, I feel like that's why a lot of people that are in a, in a spot where they can. Uh, where there's snow will do stuff with Scotty. You know, like I went and hiked um, in one of the national parks. Uh, it's a state park, I guess, technically. Uh, not far from me, you know, as kind of a, a, a both of a, an offering and just like a, a discussion with Scotty basically as I was hiking in snow and stuff like that up this hill that I later came to find out that like my, my great-great-grandfather helped basically set up and stuff like that which was just weird coming to find that out after kind of having a, an interesting experience out there um but uh you know it, it's definitely easier i feel like to connect and it, it feels almost more genuine i think is a good way of looking at it too you know because you can give an offering to you know scotty in the middle of the summer and you know in florida or georgia or you know or somewhere in the south and you may get something, but it, it, it just hits so much harder. Right. Yeah. If you're sitting there sweating your balls off, like in a swamp, yeah. you know, in the middle of summer, giving to Scotty, it's going to be hard to feel that connection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, if I was to go out right now, like the lake is, the lake has been, is completely frozen over. I could walk across it if I wanted to, I would without any fear of like falling through. Like I've been debating on this, but I've been trying to get the, you know, the, a decent, weather time for me to go out like onto the lake and do something for her like in the you know as close to the middle of the lake as possible um you know going to be completely surrounded by snow and ice you know and that's gonna that would hit so much harder and so much different than if i was yeah like you said in a in a boggy hole you know in in florida <laughs> or georgia sweating my ass off i so, can't hear boggy hole without thinking back on the union thing yeah, <laughs> Logan was just down there preparing for that boggy, ritual to bury eggs. Hole. <laughs> it is boggy hole. Oh, so yeah. I have a uh, an interesting. All right, put your conspiracy hats on, boys. Put them on. Put them okay. on. All right, get that tin foil. Get that tin foil. So I got leather. How about that? There we go. All right. I I don't. Beer yeah, can. I don't have a hat nearby. I was just gonna. Oh wait, I do. Oh, it's, it's oh. too far away. It's too far away. Oh, um, fucking hell. Okay. So what if? the north i mean this is something that is kind of suggested by beyond the north wind a little bit is that the actual direction of the north has a spiritual component to it and that it has a naturally pooling effect to it and the conspiracy hat moment is i'm expanding on that and i'm saying that it's not just a spiritual pool it's the literal pool of the magnetic field i mean 
you know, here's the Wikipedia first sentence about the Earth's magnetic field, which generates from our south, southern and northern pole. Earth's magnetic field, also known as the geomagnetic field, is a magnetic field that extends from Earth's interior out into space, where it interacts with solar wind, a stream of charged particles emanating from the sun. I mean, that right there. So we're talking about, you know, from the core of our Earth, the heart of the Earth, shooting straight up to the north, coming out of the north of our planet. And that magnetic energy is deflecting solar energy. So we're talking about energy is everything. Energy is all we're interacting with. And so we have raw magnetic energy shooting out of the northern part of our planet. I think that we can feel that in some way. Oh, I mean, yeah. that, well, that I makes mean, sense just off of that. Off, like we know that like the uh, the moon can affect us. You know, there's a reason that like when the full moon is out people go freaking crazy sometimes right and more people have babies and stuff like that too yeah i mean we yeah, we know that like the gravitational forces can have a, an effect on us so why wouldn't the electromagnetic because we have i mean we have like whole electromagnetic like things going on inside of us all the time i mean that's what our nerves do yeah so like it, it's um oh so like for example yeah like we have this actual pull towards north because i mean look one of the main directional objects you know that people use is the north star so that way you always know where north is right since since traveling as far as i'm aware since traveling around the planet as humans has been around the north star has always been the you know that primary cardinal direction that everybody knows like this is this is the one if you don't know any other directions at least know where this one is because then you can have find that sense of like where you are to some degree and you will be able to you know judge where you need to go after that so it's like an interesting concept to kind of like throw out there because yeah that is as long as you know where the north star is you'll be fine okay this is lost this is crazy so i'm just reading through the article of uh like the magnetic field so the ocean is affected by the magnetic field yeah, your like, tides, like your tides and stuff yeah. like that. That's why when the moon, the moon is full. It's, no, no, no. Like it's... from the core of the planet, not just the moon. Uh, yeah. Science yeah. That's kind of wild. I mean, and anytime I like, this is where I, I love, I mean, I just talked about this in like the creation theory. I love when science and religion come together. And that's one of the things I think is very attractive about Norse paganism and this belief system is we usually see the connections because it's not all just God. You know, when you just blanket everything as God's great construct, you know, that's kind of boring and doesn't really lend to anything. But when you see it, everything as like a spiritual relation, an exchange of energies, you know, I read energy spews out of the center of our planet out of the north. I read energy is in the ocean and being pulled by the north and affected by the north that's freaking crazy and you know and to me that can affect who i am as a person how i interact with the universe knowing that those energies are out there and you know and we may be able to connect to those in some way and that's that's really cool and fascinating to me Dark. no i yeah i i agree and i think a lot of people kind of I think that's the thing, like, you know, I, I don't remember where I heard this from. I don't remember if it was pop, pop culture thing, probably. But science is basically magic explained. To right. some degree, or magic is unexplained science. You know, we don't have, we don't know what it is. Therefore, it is magic. I can't remember where that's from. I'm pretty sure it's from a TV show. Or what? Okay, cool, cool. Here we go. 
Animals, including birds and turtles, can detect the Earth's magnetic field and use the field to navigate during migration. Yeah, that's not, that's primarily what the entire like, migration thing is is based off. But that's why when you have the um, shift in the magnetic field that happened uh, oh, so many years ago, we had like a shift, um, and it it caused you know it caused a lot of like issues with migratory animals because they had to like recalibrate their like essentially their internal compass um, to figure out where they needed to go based off of the shifting of the magnetic fields. Yeah, and then uh, uh, some researchers have found that cows and wild deer tend to align their bodies north to south while relaxing. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm going to have to yep. point that, test that out, because there's plenty of deer that come, I mean, I'm on a lake literally named after deer. Um, right. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to see that, because there's plenty of deer that hang out back around by the cabin. And as long as I don't spook them, I could probably... I'll have to see where they're facing. Yeah, and it seems like uh, the, the argument is that if you don't see it, like that it would be far more natural. But the problem is all of our power lines and radio signals and stuff like that have messed up like the, the internal clocks and internal like navigation of a lot of animals. So in the past, it would have been much more common to see, you know, more animals aligned north to south. That is true. Yeah, because I mean, that's that's emitting essentially a, a uh, constructed form of the same energy, but in an unnatural way. Well, I've seen some, you know, uh, heathen and pagan groups and ideas uh, that, you know, you should always put your altar facing north or something like that. And cardinal directions seem to play some roles in a lot of like more traditional like Osetru ceremonies and stuff like that, um, as they always tend to hail the cardinal directions in some way, which I, I've tried to bring into some rituals. And I don't know if it adds anything, but it, it's definitely interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I know we did that at the in Kentucky. We did that when you and I made the offering to the land here that one morning before we had our our kentucky backwoods adventure yeehaw <laughs> <laughs> uh so in other words science is cool the north is cool um and i, I don't know i think there's something there i'm taking my conspiracy hat, hat off for now uh but i do think <laughs> that there is a very interesting connection between uh spirituality in the north you know i don't know what it is i don't i can't put a name to it but i think there's something there uh but gentlemen we are reaching the end of this episode uh what are your predictions for the future? Are we going to continue to see this explosiveness in the interest in paganism uh, in the next 10 years? I think so. I think, I think, I mean, we've kind of mentioned it in, in previous episodes, you've mentioned it in some videos. I, you know, I've had a multitude of conversations with people about it, but you know, I mean, things come and go in, in cycles. And I think, it's it is that that shift in in cycles right now where I think a lot of people are just feeling called to go back to something more of you know of the earth, um, and and you know they to feel more connected with essentially where we came from and I think it's you know it's obviously taken us decades of generations to of you know with like industrialism and and stuff like that to finally. Uh, you know, start to come back to feeling, you know, from feel, <clears throat> excuse me, from feeling disconnected from the world like that, the natural world. I mean, as a, a, a weird reference, but it makes sense to me. I saw it a while ago. I don't remember where or who it was attested, but you had this time frame where a lot of people, like their parents, you know, they were farmers, ranchers, whatever, and that's what their family wanted. Like they wanted their children to basically take over. Where then those children decided, no, I'm going to go live in the city. 
and be, you know, do business and industrialism and blah, 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 blah. You know, and now we're kind of a lot of us, I feel like are trying to go back to, I want to be on like a homestead or a hobby farm or, you know what I mean? And work the like be on the land and work the land with my own hands and not basically live in a cookie cutter house and a cookie cutter, uh, you know, neighborhood, like the, the stereotypical, like American dream, I feel right. like is outdated at this point. And a lot of people want to go back to something more natural. Well, we're, we're seeing the negative side of that, you know, for the longest time, that was the, yeah. let's go live in a cookie cutter neighborhood outside of the big city, commute 45 minutes and work till we die and we can retire. Um, and I think our generation is seeing that's not the answer. Not to mention, we, we see that and it's like, we don't have that, you know, we're not going to have social security. Uh, you know, our, our, you know, the amount of debt a person in their twenties to thirties holds is significantly more than, you know, the generation before us and the generation that's, you know, preceding us is going to be in even more debt. And so we're like, hmm, maybe the answer isn't the corporate machine, because it seems like all the corporate machine does is chew you out, you know, chew you, spit you out and leave you with debt. And that's it. And that's your life. Um, and I think we're all starting to realize that's not the meaning of all of this. That'd be so depressing for me, man. I just went through like two whole days of this of this stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like, come on. I just I just fought this stuff off. Not going to work through my feelings again. <laughs> my feelings. <laughs> I don't like to feel. <laughs> well, and again, like every, you know, anytime I interact with somebody who is not pagan, it is shocking to me how small their networks are. I mean, we've talked about this before. You and you've talked about this before. But it's just, it's still obscene to me that in the last month, I have interacted with like 30 plus individuals that I would consider close friends. And it, it, it's always, it's rotating all the time, you know? <laughs> it's never the same. You know, obviously I interact with you guys fairly often, but you know, every time I go to a gathering, I meet new people, uh, meet, you know, have formed deeper connections with people. And that is so rare now. And again, how lucky are we? How lucky are we that we yeah. get to experience that? It's amazing. I think that's I think that's a good way to end it. So everyone, thank you. Also, wait, uh, Caleb, are you thinking you're going to need to take some time off for yourself still, or are you feeling pretty uh, good? We'll just have to just play it by ear, I guess. You know what I mean? We'll have to see how this job opportunity thing works out. If it doesn't work out, then the only other thing I've got is just to work my ass off, making a lot less than I could be. Yeah. Um, well. Everyone send some good vibes out for Caleb. Uh, hopefully this new job opportunity works out for him. Uh, you know, sending those good vibes is a selfish thing too, because that means he gets to stay on the podcast and talk more with all of you. <laughs> but everyone, truly, thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. Episode 70. We've made it far. Uh, to all of our listeners, you you guys rock. Uh, I'm glad we glad you listened to us. Uh, we're, we're very honored by it. Uh, but please check out Wednesday. Hopefully we're announcing Wednesday the website for our nonprofit organization. Um, and so hopefully you can get more involved in the gatherings um, and just see what we've been up to. I'm very excited to share with you. But thank you all so very much once again. And until the hall, Skull. Skull. Skull.